deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, this, this is a thing that we repeat every episode once a mm. week i'm feeling the lapsed part of the lapsed fan thing real strongly today mm, interesting you know just just really considering the uh the meaning of the word and 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 my, my our place in in the in the uh greater orbit i suppose of the harry potter fandom today is an event, I guess. Like normally, I have like a funny way to set up these episodes, right? This is a this is a tough one to run at, and you know we recorded a little bit before this main episode, and we were like, okay, you know we can't we can't dance around it. Now we're ready, and yet we are now recording, and it's <laughs> and still here- it's still tough. It's tough to to hit the runway on this one. I guess the best thing to do would be to take this kind of chronologically, both in like the events. That led to this and also like the, the the behind the scenes, like how how the episode was going to be made before 5 a.m. today. Right. You know, throughout the week, I have a Harry Potter news alert set up. I have a J.K. Rowling news, set, uh, news alert set up. And, you know, I will cherry pick the things that I think are funniest uh, or most noteworthy every week. And then we'll get a, get a little laugh out of it. And then we will go into the meat of our episode, which is the chapter discussion yeah the main part where we talk about the chapter we read for the week (laughs) uh and and this uh you know this week up until this morning was going to be no different i had a couple of things i had a, a, a an article from bustle about uh tom felton and emma watson were photographed together again ha ha he he uh (laughs) (laughs) i had some some light news that like jk rowling had uh appeared uh in public for both an hbo documentary premiere and then also to receive that like human rights award which the more i think about yeah. that <laughs> i was about to say the blue flame of valor award but that is Ooh. the award that they give to propane salesman and king of the hill so that is not the award she was receiving it was wow. the rfk the ripple of hope award is what she got. Wow. Wow. And and uh, I spent a couple of uh, minutes the other day hoping and praying that there was a photo of J.K. Rowling standing with Nancy Pelosi because <laughs> Na- Nancy Pelosi was also at this thing. Yeah, we we were really gonna have just a ha ha he he time over here, weren't we? We were ha ha he he we who we were just gonna have a, a have a barrel <laughs> of laughs over here. Uh, and all was all was well. I you know everything was ready to go. Um, I was like, it'll be a light news segment, but this chapter was wacky, so we'll have a good time. So I went to bed nice and early. Mm, can you tell me? But I think you I think you skipped something, which is where you sent me something. I was kind of falling asleep when I That's got right. it on Twitter, and it was maybe it, it might now in retrospect be the most ominous message I've ever received. <laughs> That's right. No, you're totally right. So last you night you sent me a screenshot of yes. a tweet 
that J.K. Rowling liked late last night, which yes, wouldn't have been late last night for her. I don't even know what the tweet was. Like, it was nothing. It, it was, was totally nothing. Of, it was... Like, a nothing innocuous, like... Yeah. I, I, the... cu- I couldn't even tell you what it was. And the point was, is that you were saying, oh, she's lurking. She's online, right? She doesn't post. She hasn't posted in, like, a year. Yeah. Other than the post a couple weeks ago, which, like, I don't think she wrote and was just, like, 100%. a promo yeah. for her charity or right. whatever. And so and so you sent that to me and said, uh, like, she's online. She's not posting, but she's online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it was, I, I will read the exact messages. I sent you the screenshot. It was a completely innocuous tweet that she liked that was from Jordy Potter, who said, this is my very rare vintage 2001 Harry Potter laptop sleeve, notebook satchel, and backpack with flashing cell lights. I adore the old vintage theme of the Harry Potter snitch logo and Harry from 2001. Aw, everything in my room was covered in it. Huge part of my childhood. And so it was just totally nothing. She, like, she either he tagged her in this photo and she saw it, or she was just, like, name-searching Harry Potter and, like, liked a completely innocuous fan tweet. So I was like, that's kind of funny. She's online. She's on her phone. Like, we know she has her phone. And I said, all I said with that was, I sent a screenshot with, JKR is online. Uh, And then then immediately after that, because there's a gap where I go to bed, then, well, JKR is online sure meant something different last night than it does now. <laughs> 5 a.m. this morning, my phone goes off because I have a tweet alert set up to, you know, to beep if if JK Rowling tweets. And boy, howdy, does she tweet? She says, dress however you please. Call yourself whatever you like. Sleep with any consenting adult who will have you. Live your best life in peace and security but force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real hashtag i stand with maya hashtag this is not a drill (laughs) the mask is off yeah i don't need to tell you why this is bad or misleading or horrible or you know that that is all self-evident what is crazy here is that never in my wildest dreams would i have thought that jk rowling would have tweeted this on main in this fashion right yes i'm honestly shocked it is it is a two-pronged thing because on the one hand it is not a surprise uh we know she's a a a turf we have known it for a long time it's evident in her work it is evident in you know her the the people she follows and quotes and and retweets and is likes, married to is married to yes that is that is not a surprise but i would i will give the slimmest most meaningless amount of credit to her in that she seemed to realize after she got her publicist to lie for her and say that liking that one horrible turf tweet was uh, a senior moment or whatever it was that she knew to not act out in public about this right right which is not you know that's not ideal but it is at least something that she she knew she knew that this this behavior was horrible or unpopular um but now we are in a weird world where she's just open about it which is honestly just not something i expected to ever happen or prepare for 
I just assumed that this would be a drum that we would bang along with, you know, a, a few other critics and and you know observers in the know who who are, are more tuned into this stuff but i just never in my wildest dreams did i think that this was going to be what she came back to twitter with yeah it's been like a year yeah you know and 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 there is that part of it where it's like why why now obviously the the media and and, and in some ways specifically the british media obviously has a huge huge fucking problem with like intense horrible transphobia and this but it feels like something like this happens and and kicks kicks this up like once a week you know right yeah why now why now i i it is there's so many things about this that are baffling like like you say why now uh why um why is this a thing that she feels compelled to speak on a week after an election happened? Like she was quiet through that whole thing. You know? I think she thought she was on private. That that's is what I, that's my that's my pet theory right that now. That's an interesting theory. She used the hashtags. That's the part that makes it feel like she's like thinks she's making a cool bold stand. I the part I'm grappling with is like is does she realize what a big deal this is? Like, is just just is this just something that she still doesn't get, and it just like fired this off, like like she's a normal person just posting her opinions, or or does she understand the gravity of how shitty this is to be J.K. Rowling, storied author, uh, beloved by millions, putting this crap out there? I think she does. I think she yeah. absolutely does. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's not news. Uh, and I think that that is something that, uh, is important to, like, point out because the, <laughs> I'm seeing so many, like, disappointed, you mentioned this too, that like, oh, you're, there's just so many, like, disappointed tweets from people who, like, didn't realize this was uh, her reality, right? Yeah. And I, and I can't really, you know, I, 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 on, on some level, I guess I can't blame people for, uh, not being as online as us you know but on the other hand people people have known uh and and like she she got in trouble last year in a fairly public kerfuffle over this uh uh, over the the liking the shitty guardian article or whatever and and claimed it was a senior moment right so so not only is uh she you know holding these horrible opinions she's also just like a liar I mean, Harry Potter has some problems, right? Oh, yeah. In the text. Mm-hmm. Um, there is there is a horrifically transphobic scene in her other book series, the, the like, detective novels that are... The Galbraith stuff, yeah. Yeah, those. I could not remember the name. So this isn't really, like... Even, even if you can take it on its face that sh- she was having a middle-aged moment and liked a tweet, um, which I would say, like, yeah, I think there's like reasonable, like plausible deniability there. Sure, I've liked um, tweets I haven't meant to before. I get it, but yeah, big, big uh, capital B butt here. But there's there's some other other evidence here <laughs> that is not that that can't cannot be kind of swept away from an explanation like that. Or uh, there's there's no there is no plausible deniability for those right. things. Yeah, there there's no plausible deniability and. 
I think what bothers me so much about it is that so many of these uh, reactions from people who are like just now learning this or or just now, I, I maybe this is too accusatory. I think there is an element of it's not that uh, a lot of people are learning it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think that it is people have no like excuse anymore, right? Like, right. or or rather, can no longer make an excuse for an artist they like, you know. Sure. Uh, and you know, I I get it. I get sad when I think about what happened with Kanye. I get sad when I <laughs> when I think about the Smiths. Okay. Yeah, I, I I get it. You know, but it is such a bummer reaction to like, you know, after people have been been you know say we've been saying it and not you know certainly not just us tons and tons of people have been you know pointing out and and explaining that that jk rowling is into some bad shit for a long time and to just now behave like this is oh she's bad like oh jk rowling has some bad opinions it's like come on yeah i think like to just to sort of like like crystallize that particular element of it i would like to read this like jezebel article (laughs) that was published on this subject and i would really 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 like to savor the uh subheader of the website that is on my screen right now i don't know i don't know if this is like just always been their tagline posedly feminist website (laughs) J.K. Rowling, who is fond of quoting Maya Angelou's line that every time a woman stands up for herself, she stands up for all women, apparently doesn't include trans women in that definition. On Thursday, Rowling tweeted in support of Maya Forstater, a researcher at the Center for Global Development who lost her job due to publicly stated belief that a trans woman is not a woman. Forstater's case has made all of the UK's TERFs, or trans-exclusionary radical feminists and transphobes, froth at the mouth, and it seems like Rowling is one of them. And then they quote her tweet. And now this is the part where I got real mad. Mm. While it's tempting to call Rowling a turf here, it might be the wrong term for her, who is far from uh, what anyone would describe as a rad femme. She's just your typical liberal feminist whose views in recent years have aligned more closely with those of her turf sisters, who in the UK have been mounting a very vocal campaign about trans people, and trans women in particular, for some years now. While a charitable reading might state that Rowling here is not quite expressing transphobic views, and to express the view that sex is real, by which I can only assume she means immutable, is in essence agreeing with Maya and with others who hold her views. Why split hairs here? What is the fucking point? What do you mean, while it's tempting to call Rowling a turf, it might be the wrong term? What what do you have to do to be, be called a turf? It is, like, I, I feel like there are so many, like, stupid layers to this. Because yeah. I think that she absolutely is, like, pretty emblematic of what, what, what we mean when we say a turf, right? right. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, but there's also this element of, like, taking turfs at their word about what they are. Yes. That is, like so backwards and weird it is baffling because like beyond this paragraph they also then go on to state this is not the first time rolling has expressed at or hinted 
at her transphobic views. Last year, she liked a tweet which has been deleted or made private from a campaign worker to prevent trans uh, women from being included on the Labor Party's all-women shortlists. Uh, 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 Rowling's spokesperson blamed her liking the tweet on her age. It's like it's it's so weird because this article is listing all of the bad shit that J.K. Rowling has done in this field, but what is the why? Why frame it as the TERFs have gotten to J.K. Rowling? The TERFs didn't get to J.K. Rowling. She is one. That is her truth, and it has been for a very long time. And I don't understand why it's worth even bothering to make a distinction here. Like, if if they if they've gotten to her, she is one. Like, I'm sorry. There's no reason to uh to to play this game of like like. I I don't know. It, it makes me furious. I I don't understand why you would do this unless you had some vested interest. And I mean, again, I get it. I have a lot of artists who have disappointed me too. But why why not just call it for what it is? You know why? Like you say, why take turfs at their word? Why why try to create some distinction? It's like oh. She's not a turf. She's just uh, uh, tweeting out their rhetoric to 15 million people. Okay, what's the what's the difference? They they got to her. They cli- they climbed over her enormous hedge, <laughs> and they got to her. Oh, they they forced her into it. They got her. What a shame. We lost a good one. And that's yeah, the- I, I mean that that's what it feels like. Is it feels like this weird. This like brain genius attempt to not have to delete all of these like articles that they presumably have about how epic feminist the Harry Potter books are, right? I don't know because it's I, e- it's easy yeah. to 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 do to do that and be like, oh, they got to J.K. Rowling, the the legendary feminist author of Harry Potter, and now she's bad. Yeah, I, I it, it's so weird. I. I I agree that, you know, if, if people are seeing this and being disappointed and being upset and being angry, I totally get it. But, like, yeah. this is not – J.K. Rowling being a bad person, not really news. She was a bad person when she caped for Johnny Depp on her public website. She was a bad person when she sued her former assistant for bilking her out of Starbucks money. Like she was a bad person when she said that the only people who, who don't have air uh, – uh, don't have central heating are stupid in in scotland right like she is she is known for this horrible behavior i think that there is somewhat of a concerted effort which i i am sympathetic to but i but i think is wrong-headed to make harry potter like sacred and be like oh this this was like back before i mean it's but but there's so much like she she was a bad person when when she made ilver morney and like appropriated all of that Right, like she Native was a American, bad person, quote unquote, she... magic. Like it's it's all bad. Yeah, remember when she named a Japanese magic school "Magic Place" in Japanese? Remember when she said <laughs> that Native American spirituality was fake, but uh, but the ones who knew wizard magic were real? Right. She has a ma- she has made a long post novel career out of saying dumb shit. Like it it it's it's. It's not only a bummer to see her uh, take this this particular mask off. Um, it's a bummer to see people act like this is the first time. I guess sometimes I wonder, you know, like like uh, how much 
runway we have to talk about this given that we do a harry potter podcast but like i i I also feel like harry potter whether we like it or not has it, it is it has like left a irremovable cultural mark right Mm-hmm. and i think it is i i don't want to pretend it doesn't exist uh, uh this this was sort of like the internal uh discussion that we had when like crimes of grindelwald was coming out right and all the johnny depp stuff was happening and it yeah. was like i would rather not pretend it doesn't exist and i would like to document its various ills and you know and and you know we're sometimes pretty positive on 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 the books i think that it is important and i and i think that it is now maybe even being shown to me now to be more important than ever that that we keep doing this stuff because it's like if people are really in the the tail end of 2019 acting surprised that jk rowling has some bad opinions uh, this person who has been like built up to be the hero for our generation, who is is held as like inspiring a lot of people our ages, like politics and sense of right and wrong. I I seeing everyone go like, oh darn! I wish that a turf hadn't written these books. I'm just now learning this. Right. Um, it's more important than ever to like really close read this stuff and understand how this stuff has like seeped into the pop culture. To just show that, like, this is not new. This is not a surprise, I guess. Outside of the fact that it's surprising that she's doing it in public, I guess. But, like, it's a a, a weird day. Not in my wildest dreams could I have expected that this would be the conversation we were having this morning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Like, I don't don't understand why now. I'm, I'm kind of... I don't want to say I'm glad because I don't like that it is in front of in front of people, but the the part that the uncertainty is gone, yes, in some ways feels good to me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I mean, like you know, I've seen a lot of people saying like, "Boy, it sucks that I have to see this," uh, and I think that is true. Um, uh, but I I definitely agree that like on some level there is like a sense of relief that like not only the, i mean like because because this is not something that we've danced around right like i think it was what our th- second episode where we had a whole conversation about her like mm-hmm. shitty behavior uh the second episode we ever recorded dedicated the whole segment to this so so we we've we've known this a long time but the uh, no one else can dance around this anymore uh and 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 more importantly she can't is the thing uh yeah. and what i am so curious about is where things go from here because you know i don't have much trust in warner brothers as a company <laughs> uh i would say i have maybe 0 maybe 1% trust in them relative to other i mean they're they're never gonna do something because it's the right thing to do right we can say that with 100 percent certainty they're not going to make a decision to do something because it is moral right they are never no they will never do something because it is the right thing to do but i am so curious whether they will do something to save face here like i mean will they will they rein her in 
they got her a co-writer will they make her do an iphone notes apology will they make her take a sensitivity class or something (laughs) will 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 they remove her from any pictures she's working on will her publisher drop her i i i can't say any i expect any of those things but um i will say that and this is i i'm like you say i i am i am giving the smallest possible amount of credit to companies here they're not doing Mm -hmm. it because it's moral but i think that the public uh uh perception of transphobia is at least such that companies will go we might need to we might need to do something about this this might affect our bottom line somewhere right like like on that level at the least i could see something happening i'm curious about the individual celebs like what what is ezra miller gonna do what is what is emma watson gonna do that's the Ezra Miller one is really interesting because he biffed that big time already with the Johnny Depp stuff, right? Right. Like the at the at the fucking Comic Con event where he said if he could do a magic spell, the thing that he would do is remove the patriarchy. Johnny right. Depp made a surprise appearance to yeah. uh, uh, tell everyone he was innocent in character, right? Like mm-hmm. just ghoulish fucking shit from everyone involved on that yeah uh, i mean i mean this is, this is a case where i think that i i do think that their class solidarity is going to be more important than anything else because that seems to be <laughs> yep uh, that seems to be the case always every single time um i feel like D- daniel radcliffe is maybe the one that made a vague statement uh way back when uh that was a bit yeah. critical of jk rowling uh, it's a very hard thing for me, Radcliffe said, noting he wants to be supportive of the film's producers, who gave me a great start in life and an amazing job. He added, I can't see, I can, or I can see, excuse me, why people are frustrated with the response that they were given from that. Uh, I'm not saying anything that n- anybody hasn't said already, and this is a weird analogy to draw, but in the NFL, there are lots of players arrested for smoking weed, and there are other people's behavior that goes way beyond that, and it's tolerated because they're very famous players. I suppose the thing I was struck by was we did have a guy who was reprimanded for weed on the original Harry Potter film, essentially, so obviously what Johnny has been accused of is much greater than that. Right. So, I mean, definitely okay. his, his mind is in the right place, but not a... <laughs> Somewhere in the realm of the right place, <laughs> Not the... Uh... Not the strongest <laughs> uh, reprimand, but he's in the orbit of a good opinion. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is. I I don't know. I I I I think all eyes on Ezra Miller is really the important one here because he is the one who is most vocal. Uh, and I say I, I'm I'm putting a lot of emphasis on the word vocal here. Um, Mm -hmm. about his support of lgbt causes right um Mm -hmm. uh so uh i i i expect expect him to do something you know and and on a much smaller stakes level smaller uh smaller potatoes i would like for the you know quite vast amount of harry potter wb influencers you know there are people who get paid to 
make Harry Potter content online uh, who are all, I would say, people roughly our age with, <laughs> uh, uh, I would say, again, vocally fairly good uh, uh, social politics, right? Um, sure. They, I, close enough. Close know? enough. <laughs> they're, 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 they, they include the T when they say LGBT, right? Uh, they're at least on that level. Um, I hope that they think about this and at least say something, you know? I, I would... I, I I would maybe love to see some stronger statements, but quite frankly, I would be thrilled with just a specific uh, uh, response to J.K. Rowling here. I don't even care that much if they want to keep on going to the Wizarding World Gold parties. Whatever, that's your career. You've you've made that bed. Keep sleeping in it. But please, please, if you are going to pretend you have any sort of sense of like moral or political uh 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 uh, clout or 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 leeway to say things like fuck turfs or uh uh you know uh so and so dobby said trans rights or whatever at least at least put your foot down with this uh with this jk rowling news you know i liked the the theory that you had as well that like maybe something went wrong with her or the Fantastic Beasts movie, and that's why she was like, "Oh, now I'm just gonna say whatever I want." Yeah, I I'm wondering because because look at what else is happening today. Chaos reigns today. Yes, we have the impeachment news. We have mm. uh the the Star Wars discourse. We have cats coming out. <laughs> Did she like like? Does she know? That there's some like there's a Friday news dump coming tomorrow or something, <laughs> and did she just be like fuck it, like I can say whatever I want now, get this out here, I don't care anymore. Like, are we gonna find out? Like, like the the one I uh, the one I like specifically theorized was like, are we gonna get like a Pottermore article that's like great news? Uh, the Fantastic Beast saga will end in the epic third movie. Right. right. Yeah. Well, like the other shoe is going to drop like the other news. I, I feel like I'm waiting with bated breath. Like, what is what is it going to be? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I I could really see that being because we know now how tumultuous the um, Fantastic Beasts production has been for this third movie already with them delaying it twice, then bringing in a co-writer to attach to it uh the actors don't know what's going on i maybe 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 that really is what's happening maybe she just doesn't give a fuck anymore and there's and there's something else coming maybe maybe she got sacked and she uh she's just gonna keep writing shitty detective novels for the rest of her life now uh maybe Maybe the movie got delayed again. Maybe there's only going to be three movies. I'm so curious, but I could really see that for sure. I hope there's only going to be three movies. That would be great. (laughs) We could watch so many better movies if that was the case. Oh, that's so true. We could watch all of the uh, uh, Da Vinci Code movies. There's more than one Da Vinci Code movie? There's like four of them. They made movies out of all of them. That's wonderful news. (laughs) 
a, a, a light in the darkness for you. Now that's uh, a big film. Now that is a big film with some so many twists and turns. We can't we can't keep it all in one movie. I think there's got to be maybe something else coming down the pipe because the reappearing in public to like do the normal celebrity things of going to a premiere and accepting like a completely meaningless award right yeah like she's just like doing the normal celebrity things again like nothing ever happened and then to just go drop a tack nuke on her twitter the next day it's so weird Uh, yeah i'm I'm a little bit i'm a little bit speechless to be honest it, it's so it's so not news and yet is so shocking which maybe, is an interesting combo maybe remember when we were theorizing about what that tarot card reading is yeah maybe that maybe she was like foreshadowing that i am going to drop an insanely transphobic tweet and that's going to be yeah. my big change that's right. the death card my big change wow uh, I would also like to point out that the uh, Two of Swords is going right through her head now in her profile picture, <laughs> which is <laughs> a powerful image, I guess. <sighs> is there anything else you want to uh, uh, say about this? I, I mean, I, I, it's, this is one of those things I could just talk about forever, but I just think my, my bullet points here are like, it's, it's, the context is surprising, but the content is not and 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 it's it fucking sucks right i mean i I guess that's all that really can be said i i want to say i don't think you can minecraft this one you can't you can't pretend that she didn't make harry potter yes harry potter isn't sacred right and it isn't actually that great it is not it is not the the ge- the most genius novel series ever written. It isn't a political blueprint uh that that shows what what is good and righteous in the world. Uh and if it meant a lot to you and like made you into the person you are and and helped form your opinions and your opinions and and feelings and morals are good, then you you're better than Harry Potter and all of those things can all be true and that's fine. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good statement. Hatsune Miku did not make Harry Potter. Sorry. No, no, no. A horrible, uh, transphobe, uh, racist, kind of dumb liberal lady made Harry Potter. <laughs> and Harry Potter is kind of all of those things. Yeah. Uh, and and it can also it can also mean a lot to you. And you can also not be those things. It's like all of those things can coexist. It, d- yeah. it doesn't have to like be this perfect like like start to finish like l- linear progression here. Harry Potter means a lot to me. Yeah, it means Harry- a lot to both of us. Harry Potter means a lot. Harry Potter means I get to record a podcast with my best friend every week, right? Like mm-hmm. it means a lot to me. But I will not pretend that it does not have problems. It's not worth that nothing is (laughs) yeah yeah i i think that i think that that just is all that's all okay like we're 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 all right (laughs) yep we're we're good you're good we're good you don't need to you don't need to pretend that harry potter is uh anything more than it is you know yeah well shall we (laughs) talk about harry potter (laughs) uh 
sure. This week we read chapter 11 of Hermione's <laughs> Helping Hand. <laughs> another crazy year of homework uh advanced coursework is a lot harder and they have to do all of their spells in their head uh they can't they can't say them out loud so it's kind of the same the same thing as last year you know it's they're getting older and they're learning some advanced magic uh the harry ron and hermione um decide that they're going to go talk to Hagrid um, after Harry does. I think it's like a day off or something. It's like a Saturday and and Harry has to do uh, Quidditch tryouts. Uh, So they're going to try to talk to Hagrid afterward because he's been missing from the staff table and has been ignoring them uh, for like the first week of classes and is just upset that they didn't take his class. Um, It's breakfast time and Harry receives his like brand new copy of advanced potion making. Hermione and Ron are like immediately pleased because Harry is like the best potion potion boy in the whole school (laughs) um (laughs) he's just he's so good he's he's so good at potions nobody is suspicious whatsoever um but harry is not going to use the new book uh he in in kind of an ingenious maneuver cuts the binding off of the new book and off of the old one and like swaps them and he returns the like new copy in the old binding uh to the school um it's Quidditch tryouts now. Um, and before we go to that, uh, Harry's like realizing like, oh, so many more people are trying out for Quidditch this year than they ever have. I wonder why that is. And Hermione's like, well, it's because um, you are very attractive and hot to everyone now that now that you're in the news so much. Um, and as she's kind of kind of gassing him up and like to like saying like, oh, well, you're tall and uh, you're famous and you're an athlete and all this stuff. And Ron is kind of sitting there doing the jealous thing like I'm tall. Um, so there's that. Uh, they go to Quidditch tryouts. Or excuse me, let me back up. I missed something. Um, one of the other things is that Hermione gets the paper, and in the paper it reports that Stan Shenpike, who we remember from book three as the the train conductor boy, um, has been arrested for talking about secret Death Eater stuff. And Harry kind of scoffs at that and is like, oh, Stan's not a Death Eater. He's just a dumbass. Um, and Hermione speculates that, you know... Uh, he could, he could, well, according to the, the paper, there's no way he could have been under the Imperius curse. Um, but the ministry, the government is definitely just arresting people. There's like so, so much paranoia and they're just like arresting people because they want to look like they're doing something. Um, we also find out kind of after that is that, um, it showed up in the paper that Hannah Abbott, she's like a Hufflepuff that we've seen a couple times. Uh, her mom was killed. And that was very sad, and I'm sure would have been a really sad scene if we had seen it and weren't just being told about it <laughs> in retrospect. No editorializing. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's 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 sad. Um, it's Quidditch Quidditch uh, tryouts. I definitely every single day of my life. <laughs> that was an accident. Um, it's, it's Quidditch tryouts. I want to say peek behind the curtain. I definitely wrote Quidditch auditions in my notes. Um, uh, and there are just so many people there. There are first years, uh, and a bunch of, uh, people from different houses that are really just there to see Harry. Um, there's also a pack of giggling girls. They're very silly. They're so stupid. They're so stupid and silly and they don't care about sports. So it's just there to see Harry. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, and again, we're going to meet Cormac 
McLoggin, he's there. He's a character now. His character is Jock. He's the main Jock guy. Um, and he shows up and he thinks that he's going to get preferential treatment, is going to be put on the team immediately because he's in the slug club with Harry. Um, but Harry's like, nope, you have to you have to audition like everyone else. Um, we meet some new characters that are going to be some of the new uh, Gryffindor team members. Um, famous, beloved characters like Demelza Robbins, uh, Jimmy Peaks, and Richie Coote um, are now on the team. Ginny also gets on the team. She's really good. It's time for the Keeper tryouts. Ron's really nervous. Um, nobody really does very good except for Cormac McLoggin, um, but... He like he like saves four of the five goals, but the fifth one he just he just takes off just completely in the wrong direction, um, which is pretty weird. And then when Ron, when it's Ron's turn, he saves all the goals. Um, Cormac kind of um, uh, gets really super mad after that and is like, "Oh, Ron, Ron had it easy. His sister was throwing, you know, one of the balls, and she gave him an easy one." And Harry stands up to him and is like, "You know, it's fair, it's fair and square. Get out of here. Um, you suck." Ron's on the team. Um, Ron is like bragging afterward and is like, haha, I caught, I got all the, I saved all the throws. Um, and did you see Cormac? He did so bad in that last one. He looked like he was confunded. And mm. then Hermione blushes like a cartoon and Harry puts it together in his head. Um, they go to see Hagrid, uh, who kind of sends them away. He's super pissed. He's like, you guys suck. Um, but they're persistent enough that that he lets them in. Uh, and upon them telling him that, well, they just didn't have room in their schedules. Um, and that other Care of Magical Creatures teacher, Grubbly Plank, sucked really bad. He immediately caves and is like, oh, I knew you, you guys just didn't have time. Um, I've only been mad because I'm really sad that Aragog is going to, is dying. He's he's not he's sick and is going to die. Um, Hermione also reminds Hagrid and us that all of the time turners were destroyed at the end of last book. Um, <laughs> on their way back to the school, um, Harry kind of gently confronts Hermione out of earshot of Ron and says like, huh, he did look like a Cormac McLoggin. He sure looked like he was confunded. And Hermione's like, haha, well, you wouldn't have wanted him on the team anyway, because he, did you see how mad he got? And Harry just like, kind of is just, is like, okay. And it's like, thought you were a prefect wink wink like it doesn't matter um slughorn invites hermione and harry to the slug club ron is jealous um harry has detention uh that with snape though so he won't be able to make it although slughorn is like i'll just tell snape you have to come to this party he'll res reschedule for you um that night uh they get the the daily prophet night edition at dinner and uh there's a story about ron's dad having raided Lucius Malfoy's house looking for something dangerous um, on a like an anonymous tip that was Harry's, obviously, uh, but didn't find anything. Harry speculates that maybe Draco must have brought it to the school. And Hermione tells us that that would be impossible because they were all searched upon arrival. Um, and then Demel Demelza, the new, the new character that's on the Quidditch team, um, tells Harry that... Uh, she has a message from Snape and he will not be able to get out of detention to go to the slug club. That's the end of the chapter. We could not have gotten a like funnier chapter to contrast with the news we got this morning. Right? This this is so the last chapter 
we we I think both agreed is maybe one of the worst in the entire series that we'd read so far. Um, and most of that was down to like as well as it just being boring, it was just kind of like a bummer, right? Like just just like J.K. Rowling attempting to write uh uh like serious abuse drama just did not really work uh in in a, no. in a <laughs> terrible pensive throwback chapter yeah this chapter i would say is not terrible in the same sense like uh-huh. not even close like like no. nowhere near the same league of badness but right. it is it is in the the league of badness that i prefer way more in like i like not not quite at the heights of but like like in the same realm we would put stuff like the norbert chapter or the time that everyone uh thought that uh harry was super cool because he had an expensive broom where it's just kind of insane and and keeps on juking to the left and right with new bizarre details to pick up on this is the cw's harry potter yes Ooh, i like that this is a legacies episode this is a legacies episode it has no like actually no regard to anything else that has ever happened in the series no regard to anything that that is canonically like happening in the past it mm-hmm. is just it is just a mishmash of like a CW episode. This is the episode of the Vampire Diaries where Stefan tries out for football. <laughs> this is vamp- vampire trying out for football energy. Yeah, it is. It's a comedy episode. We start with this, and, and granted, I will say I I found the um the like intro thing about like oh everyone's really bad at nonverbal spells. It's really funny. But it's surreal because what was it not in this very book a couple of chapters ago that we were being told that like nonverbal spells were very difficult and sort of like esoteric? Like I I get yeah. But now like they're expected to just do it in sixth year and, and like I guess the instruction that they've been given is just oh, we'll just do it. Just do it in your head, stupid. There's so many good ideas. I don't even want to say good ideas. But ideas that would have been interesting if they were set up literally at any point before now. Yeah. Like the idea that if you're like a a young um, magical student going to school, like that would that would be like a thing, right? It's like, oh, yeah, sixth year, you can't say the spells out loud anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like um, I, I like this is a much younger transition, I think. But like, did you have a point in elementary school or or whatever where they were like okay you cannot not write in cursive anymore yeah i don't think they do that anymore (laughs) no i think i think i might have been in like the last wave of kids where that happened but like that was a that was a real transition that that i went through it was like okay once you hit you know fourth grade or whatever they won't let you write in block letters anymore No, yeah, it really was. It was like, okay, now from now on, you have to write everything in cursive and in pen. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that was uh-huh. like a that was like a real a real transition that 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 we hit. And like, there's a there's an element of that to this that I thought was kind of cute. Um, yeah. But it doesn't make any sense in the, in like the broader universe, right? Like, the the supposedly most powerful wizards in you know the school 
uh, uh, have been shooting spells at each other with words all through this series. I'm pretty sure Voldemort uses words when he fires spells at people. I think, I mean, even, like, the the biggest spells, like, I, I don't know, Crucio, like, d- like, Voldemort always says it out loud. Is that just, hi- like, him being cool? Like, I'm gonna say it out loud because it's, like, a bad word? Or... Are there spells that are, like, too hard to do non-verbally? I just think that Voldemort likes anime and he likes to say the name of his attack before he does it. Good for him. Yeah, he's got got that Dragon Ball thing going on. I love that. Yeah, that's way cool. But yeah, no, it's it's very strange. Like, like it is it is one of those things that, like, makes for a very cute scene that, like... M- if don't think about it too hard don't do don't do exactly what the students in this uh, scene are doing and think about it too hard and get purple because you will you will pass out if you think about this too much that's what we do every week that's what we do that's what we're here for (laughs) um but the that that is all small potatoes compared to the most insane thing so far in this book i think which is hermione's bizarre conversation with harry about how hot and cool he is see the thing is harry uh you're just really hot and cool and everyone is going to come to quidditch tryouts just to just to capture a glimpse (laughs) you've never been more fanciable is what she says like what i mean i i guess there's the charitable read of this which is like oh this is this is like uh, emotionally aloof Hermione stating a fact very bluntly, uh, but it seems more like what was really going on here is that this is her trying to make Ron jealous, right? Am I reading way too much into this? I have no earthly clue (laughs) what this is about. I don't think that she's trying to make him jealous. I think that it is supposed to demonstrate that Ron does get jealous. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it comes off much more as that Hermione is into Harry, which I I can't tell if that setup is like a a romantic red herring or not. But it can't be because she's... she gets up like jealous and is obviously setting up to be with Ron with all of the Cormacs. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, who I, I, Hermione's the Joker again. Hermione is is we we got eleven chapters in, but mm-hmm. she's back. She, yeah, she's uh, the the mask is off once more. Joker Hermione <laughs> is back, and and she is uh, manipulating Ron into being jealous and also casting spells on Cormac. Uh, uh, I, by the way. This is going to be a problem when we get to this part of the chapter for sure, but I keep on wanting to say Cormac McCarthy. Oh. <laughs> and 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 please, this is going to be my my epic. You right. you can't say epic and I cannot Mm-mm. call Cormac McClagan Cormac McCarthy. This th- please hold me to this. I will try. I'll try my best. But yeah, this this whole and and there's there's also an an element here where I can't tell whether Harry is also supposed to be like reciprocating these feelings for Hermione because he said there's that part where it says Harry was finding the Great Hall very hot all of a sudden even though the ceiling still looked cold and rainy like womp womp um like like is he just embarrassed or is he like oh Hermione mm." like Hermione thinks I'm hot it's it's weird this this whole thing is I was not expecting this I did not remember this at all no it it's it is bizarre it's, I yeah, I I truly don't understand 
uh, uh, what this was going for. But then, like, okay, so we have this, and I'm already like, okay, this is weird. I don't get why why this scene gassing up Harry is being so hot and cool and good at sports is here. And then literally the next page is him performing this incredible brain genius feat of ordering a new book so he can take the cover off of it to put on his <laughs> old book to give to to keep so he could give the new one back with the old cover. And there's very occasionally the character Harry Potter will need to do something <laughs> to advance the story. <laughs> and it just ends up feeling like he's possessed. Because there's no part of his character or justification given or, like, set up to make it think it would be a believable action for him to do. And this is one of those times. This is so insane. Like, it's a smart plan, I guess, in, like, a in like a dumb guy genius way. But yeah. that's not Harry. Who? Why does he feel like he needs to do this? Why? If he is going to, like, give this book back at all... Why not just give the new copy? Is Slughorn going to go like, oh, no, my my boy, the book that I lent you, the, the it was bumped up a little bit. Why doesn't he, if that's what he's worried about, couldn't he just like throw it against the wall a couple of times? Why does he need to swap the covers around? Where did he learn to do this? Where did he get this idea? Did Harry take a bookmaking class over the summer? Oh, maybe. Yeah, he's really like at the into... local co-op. Yeah, That's he's, really cool, Harry. He's, he's really into bookbinding now. He's he, <laughs> he he he's into bookbinding, and he even makes his own paper. He like he he goes and makes those really weird thick pieces of paper that you make out of pulp that you can like put right. your you can put like a handprint in, and then you give it to your mom on Mother's Day and be like, "Here, I made you this beautiful pulp card." Harry, that's really neat. Harry, that's so cool. Harry, you have an outside interest. <laughs> Harry, you have a hobby now, finally. That's but so wonderful. Maybe he can make maybe he can make all his friends little handmade books for Christmas. Wouldn't that be sweet? That would and be then they'd like adorable. open them up and be like, Harry, you made me one of your handmade books. <laughs> I'm gonna feel so oh, I'm gonna now feel so inadequate giving people christmas presents this year because in the back of my mind wow i'm not like harry i didn't make a, a beautiful handbound book for my friends I, right <laughs> i just bought stuff i didn't make i didn't go to a bookbinding class he's so thoughtful it's like he went to the bookbinding class over the summer and he came to hogwarts he's like wow this came in handy immediately <laughs> not only am i going to be able to make beautiful <laughs> empty books to give my friends for mm -hmm. christmas uh, I'm going to be able to take the cover off of one book and then take the cover off of another book and then put the covers on the opposite books so I can give one book back because I want to keep the one that has the notes in it. Right. Because yeah, we well, exist in a world where a book having notes in it is like contraband. Yeah, I think it's going to be really sweet. And it's it's a shame that they cut this scene out of the movie where Harry, you know, took his bookbinding class. And then for Christmas, he gives Ginny a, a homemade journal that he made of like all that pressed paper. And he's like, Ginny, this this book won't won't possess you and make you try to murder people. <laughs> it's a, that's a big sign of trust from her accepting a book from him. A journal, I know. No wow. Beautiful. <laughs> This is on this to me is on the level of the scene where he takes his cool new broom out to the great hall and everyone is like, 
<laughs> wow, this is so cool that you have this, Harry. Uh, this is like on that level of just complete insanity to me. I do not. This is so convoluted. I mean, like on the one hand, I guess it's cool that we see Harry using magic for something other than yeah. like Expelliarmus. Like he is Harry used the goddamn spell here, but like again, if he was really worried about returning a book that was in the same shape as the old one like i don't know just like take it outside and like do the thing that <laughs> did have you ever in your life like had to like before class or something realize that you have not done the reading for a class or something taken the book out of your backpack and like bent the spine back and forth a bunch to make it look like you're very well read no, but I love that. <laughs> that is, I. That's a genius tactic that, that I've never considered. Middle school for sure, but but um, that's he could have just done that. Surely, like maybe he could have written some fake notes in there, like oh yeah, misleading. In case in case someone read it and was like, hey, uh, Mr. Potter, I remember that the book I lent you had notes in it, but but uh, but if he had maybe just written some stuff in there. The the the, the, the Half Blood Prince's book having notes in it being a controversial item for Harry and his friends continues to be just the funniest fucking thing in this entire series. I think that that is um, another case of the same feeling I have, and it comes up again in this chapter somehow about Harry's friends not believing that Draco Malfoy could be up to no good. Yeah, like it it is so just like like i i don't even understand the logic here i don't understand why hermione is so set on how she feels about this book despite all evidence to the contrary <laughs> like what's wrong with her the, the fact that she's like oh now you can follow the official instructions that despite all evidence she knows don't work <laughs> and like the other part of this that's just so funny is that this her her like she, like it says here in the in the text that like Ron and Hermione when they see that he has a new book they are fucking thrilled they are like oh uh, yeah they're like thank God thank God he has a normal book now so they really care about it but not only that this comes one paragraph after Hermione is like Harry. You're just so fine. You're a king. You're a pimp. You're glowing. <laughs> and then just immediately just pivots into her being annoyed that he has this. And it, it's the same as last. We had this exact scene in reverse last chapter where she was pissed off at him about the book. And then he said, well, I've got to go have class with Dumbledore. And she's like, all right, king, have a good class. <laughs> you're glowing like, like just just she has two modes she has like she has like thirst reply and like anger and those are the only two things she does with harry in this book right it's so weird people don't behave like that if she was well and truly upset with harry about the, this this book thing which i mean like it is unbelievable on its face like like that that is stupid but if they if if this book at least wanted to try and sell that concept she would be mad enough to like not but she would maybe at least be frowning and being like well i hate to admit it but you're a fucking pimp 
you're a king you're glowing <laughs> like like at least be mad about that or at least not say that stuff but like this weird 180 that she does that her and ron do where they're just like they're either his best most most sycophantic friends in the world or they're pissed off at him because they can't read the handwriting in a book he has <laughs> is surreal i just why isn't she like demanding photocopies of the book or or even a, a good thing like i think for her character would be to like go to slughorn about it and be like you know harry has these notes in his book and this book does it, this book sucks <laughs> or go to the library and check out a different book about potions yeah maybe she like goes to the restricted section and sounds like i want to i want to see maybe some of these recipes are bad like i i yeah I, it is it is it is weird to not only have this like honestly bizarre plot device present but it is it is strange to have it present and also like contain so many obvious less insane paths right <laughs> like it's it's not just that it's weird there are plenty of things in Harry Potter that have happened that are just fucking weird and there's no real but there's like no real way around it right like it just uh -huh. it needs to exist that way because the book wrote itself into whatever corner it wrote itself into and just something stupid needs to happen that's okay sure but this is like it's a fucking weird thing that happens where i'm practically like doing the pepe sylvia thing but instead of like finding pieces that connect the truth together i'm i'm like uncovering other subplots that this could have been that make way more sense right like it there are so many characterful opportunities for both ron and hermione here that are not being taken in lieu of them as near young adults being actually mad that their friend has a book with notes in it which is just crazy i would just like to point out that it was not even one book ago that hermione's whole thing was her saying like uh umbridge sucks because she's only teaching from the book and then her thing in this book is you need to follow the official instructions Harry. <laughs> i hadn't even thought about Harry, that finally you can use the official instructions oh god that don't that demonstrably don't work oh my god i hadn't even considered that yeah that what was, a good character. What a good character she is. Very consistent. I understand her. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> speaking speaking of characters. Stan Shunpike. Yeah. Stan Stanley Shunpike. What do you what do you think? I yeah. I love that the that all history and current events and things that happen are just all the same. And it's just <laughs> like, you know what? Why not? Nothing we're just, changes. We're just gonna have some red scare in here. It can pull from that. This just it's just whatever. It's there's red scare in here, even though that's like the complete opposite like political spectrum. It's, it's the same actually. <laughs> All, horseshoe theory. J.K. Rowling's cracked it. Horseshoe theory. There's <laughs> actually zero difference between Drink good and bad things. things. <laughs> yeah, it is it is nutty um i i mean like i i at least appreciate the reminder that this uh you know because lord knows this chapter has been in a such a weird 
like comedic place like a reminder that there is some uh 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 you know fear in this world um but this lead up where this is like 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 i say this almost every chapter but like you know we're we are in we're in the woods and i don't know what's coming anymore right like most Mm -hmm. of these chapters i've forgotten 90 percent of the details of yeah like the thing i knew going into this chapter is that ron becomes keeper other than that right this was basically all new to me um but this bizarre lead up where they for like a page and a half talk about whether or not it's realistic that stan shunpike is a death eater and whether or not the imperious curse was used and whether or not the ministry is just arresting people to look busy and build and like maintain a sense of like fear and then they say oh and then they 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 remembered a horrible incident the day before when hannah abbott had been taken out of her biology to be told her mother had been found dead mm-hmm. personally yeah. i would swear i would swap these two things around oh you interesting <laughs> call call me an armchair critic but i feel like that <laughs> might be way more interesting then then three characters contemplating what Stanley Shunpike is up to. There had been a horrible incident the day before. You're just gonna have to trust us on this one. <laughs> it was so crazy. It was so upsetting. Uh, you you had really to- had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's crazy, Joe, is that we could have been there. <laughs> I got to that paragraph and I had to... <laughs> Did you have this reaction? I read that and was like, I, I like, I felt my stomach drop a little bit, and I was like, oh fuck, am I reading the wrong chapter? Yeah, I, I definitely flipped back. Or like, did I, I like, skip did a I page? Miss, like, did I miss the horrible incident? I was like, nope. the the horrible <laughs> incident is is just a just a sentence. But uh, but this Stanley Shunpike thing that that deserves six paragraphs. That's the real shit. Why? Did this not come up in like okay, not to be the armchair rewriter, but this this chapter opens with a whole scene of them being in class and trying to do nonverbal spells and it's really hard and embarrassing and everyone looks really silly. Imagine a scene where like this like awkward comedy is suddenly undercut by a kid like getting some bad news from a teacher coming in right like that's a real i've had stuff like that happen in school right like yeah like normal school stuff is happening and then the principal comes and like takes a kid and you don't know what's going on and then it turns out like they're either in super duper big trouble or like something bad happened like that's happened that's a real experience that i can relate to uh is being third party to a scene like this Uh, and i feel like that's where that information probably could have gone rather than here i don't know i i love that instead we get this six paragraph like hearkening back to the scene and, and the way that the characters act is really it, it evokes like soldiers getting the list of people that have died and like going through <laughs> and like going yeah. through it and, be, and being like and, and ron does it he's like ron's like anyone we know dead yeah and, and they, like they do that thing and it's like oh like yep yeah, like have to read the list and and like see if anyone we we knew had died 
but it is comedy because they're high schoolers and they're not in a war. I I've been watching Clone Wars, the star like the Star Wars show, yeah. and that scene happens like every episode oh, yeah. around the clones, like all the cl- uh-huh. and it and it's great because all the clones are played by the same guy, uh, and it'll be like, uh, what's the news today, sir? Did anyone we did 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 Sixer get shot? Did did oh we lost. <laughs> We lost Giza. We oh, he was a good boy. Like like that that, <laughs> that happens like every episode. So uh, I yeah, I had that same reaction of just like oh, this is this is a war movie scene. It's it's interesting that it chooses to focus on the war movie scene that doesn't make any sense in context and and skips over like you said the much more relatable. A high school experience because they're they're at high school right yeah it is it is truly bonkers and is this am i misremembering or does this come later is this also because there there is one moment in these um newspaper scenes that i do think is good and it's when hermione just says oh your dad's in here like just oh yeah and like that there is a brief glimmer of interesting character moment stuff where it is set up that you know ron harry and hermione are like gathering around to see if anyone in the order is dead or whatever and hermione who we know when she is a character uh has a habit of like not coding her you know her like emotional appeals very well right right and her just saying like, oh your dad's in here like that's a good moment um yeah uh but it 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 is like one one little glimmer of of uh of like goodness in this otherwise completely bizarre setup yeah how are you feeling about the the uh effectiveness of the air of paranoia plus the ministry making arrests to look like they're doing something (sighs) i pick one you know like is it is it an is it the the air of paranoia that like the bad guys are gonna do something or is it the air of paranoia that like you don't trust the government to handle this correct because those are both very interesting things but those are different stories right mm-hmm. um, and the thing that this is this is a very like like weird personal connection to make but I don't know. I don't know what like like w- exactly what she's going for here and it reminds me of the core problem we had with Order of the Phoenix's like espionage paranoia stuff mm-hmm. where at the time this book was written um there was the uh uh there was both a Oh no, that was 2007 was the train bombing. There was the um while I was in England, a like visiting my grandparents one summer, a a like plot to hijack a plane was thwarted, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was a big piece of news while I was in England one summer. Um and for the rest of that trip, there was a really weird sensation of like you would go into the tube station and you would just like see dudes walking around with mp5s right right um and that was a very like 
like a paranoid atmosphere. But the thing that I don't get here is similar to how in book five, Voldemort was both Osama bin Laden and Charles Manson at the same time. (laughs) It is weird for the book to level this weird, like, oh, the government is just, uh, uh, you know, puffing its chest out and arresting people for the sake of it to look busy and to look strong. But also we know that the Death Eater threat is insanely real and not only real, it is domestic, right? Like this isn't paranoia about like the like the like secret uh, uh, terrorist army is going to like spill over the border Lord of the Rings style one day, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the which was the like insane fear that was going on at the time this was being written. Right. But you can't have that and also have the threat be incredibly real for these characters right it's it's two stories making conflicting points at once and it's really strange that like the stan sean pike scene is here in conjunction with the hannah abbott scene because it's like well hang on so which is it is it that the government is uh, uh uh going too far or is it that the uh you know the government can't deal with domestic terrorism it can't be both right 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 so i don't know i i i found that really odd i i think that i like the only thing that i can figure here is that it really just wants to try to get away with gesturing at familiar feelings yes without really interrogating or engaging with them at all yeah yeah totally it is it is it is ripped from the headlines in the most basic sense where it really is just like here is a thing that i have noticed and here it is and i don't have anything to say about it i'm not using it to say anything else it's just here because like that's what's on my mind right Mm mm-hmm it it kind of is the most Rorschach test kind of thing. Yeah. That like just self-contained that I feel like I've encountered so far in these books. Yeah, yeah, it really is just an inkblot test of like I feel like whatever whatever politics you are bringing to it, you will you will either side with the conversation of like, oh yeah, the government is uh 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 incompetent or you're going to be like, oh no, why isn't the government helping Hannah Abbott's parents from not dying, right? Like, right. Somebody should do something. It, it, it's it's both at once, and it's really weird uh, as presented here. It's especially... It, it also really situates Harry, Ron, and Hermione as, like, the troops, which is truly a bizarre... <laughs> a bizarre place to put like high schoolers because there's a lot of places you could go with that like like the idea of like helplessness or or growing up where that's like where the world is is seemingly changing yeah uh in that way i I mean we know we know what that's like right Or, or that feeling yeah um but it doesn't really go for that. It's more like they're the troops on the ground and it's like oh damn if only the ministry would listen to the troops these three high schoolers. Ah, oh, we lost Tozza. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, can't believe it. He was a he was a right good one. <laughs> yeah, it is truly strange, and it is especially bizarre 
to go from this like weird <laughs> like victims of terrorism morality play to uh 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 sitcom episode quidditch audition it's vampire football, it's football practice time, time. um have <laughs> I feel like I'm going crazy because I don't think that there have ever been tryouts for Quidditch. Yeah, I, yeah, Harry. I don't think anyone has tried out for this sport until this year. Harry just got on the team as Seeker because of the Remember All thing, right? Yeah. Like he went. And I, and I also thought that part of that was like first years weren't like were explicitly not allowed to play. However, there is a group of oh, first years that come and audition. Right, yes. I thought Ron was like, oh yeah, I can't I can't try it. I keep saying audition. It is an audition. The world's a try stage. Out. And we are merely players upon it. <laughs> and Ron was like, I can't try out until third year or whatever, even though I play Quidditch at home. Yeah. The first this was a good decision. The first time was made up of first years, and it could not have been plainer that they had hardly ever fl even flown before. Only one boy managed to remain airborne. So it doesn't. So there's no part where, like, it says Harry had to turn away some first years. Right. Is there a line where it says he allowed first? Like, oh, that's his big. Because uh, maybe. Maybe there's a part I missed here. Because maybe since he got on the team as a first year, he was like, well, my first act as captain is opening up trials to first years. Because that would yeah, be. Yeah, that would make sense if that was in there. That would be a good character moment for him. Sure. But I don't think, unless I miss something, I don't think that's there. It's not. <laughs> it's not there. <sighs> this scene is great. Uh, there's there, 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 there's a big pile up. He yells at Ramilda Vane. There's a lot of, Harry really yells at a lot of people in this. He, the the yeah. Rambo Harry is back. He's just a he's just a natural teacher, a natural leader. <laughs> he's a natural leader. He screams at people and Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and he and he goes, "Oh, you don't know what it's like on the battlefield." Right. Um but uh I'm I am in love with all of the names in this chapter. That was honestly yeah. the main thing I took away from this scene is tag yourself. Are you Demelza Robbins uh or Richie Coot. Or Jimmy Peaks. <laughs> Jimmy! My boy Jimmy Peaks! I know I know that these new characters hang out with Jack Sloper. Sloper? We had Sloper and Dingle pegged as, as, as partners, but maybe it's Sloper and Coot. Yeah. I mean, honestly, everyone's, you know, because it's like Harry, Ron, Hermione are the golden trio, right? Right. And... In the fandom, Neville, Luna, and Ginny are the silver trio. Uh huh. I think that Jack Sloper, Jimmy Peaks, and uh, Richie's her name? Uh, uh, Richie Coot, whatever. <laughs> bronze trio, for sure. <laughs> okay, let's approach this like it's esports ranking. Who, yeah. who is in plat? Who is the platinum trio? Isn't that like above gold? Yeah, though? yeah. Who's above gold? Who's yeah? Harry, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. They're pretty good. They're sitting in gold. Who's above that? Um, I just want to pick teachers, though. You can. Okay. Um, Snape. Um, you don't think Snape's in Challenger? 
Oh, we're going all the way to we're, Challenger? Oh, yeah. We're going all the oh, way. Oh, okay. Well, then we have to start, though. Challenger is Snape. Um, Snape, Lockhart, There are characters Dobby. in these books. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> That's Challenger tier. There are no other good characters. Yeah. Who's Diamond? Aragog. Creature. Buckbeak. Yeah. Oh, so many good characters in this series, you know? Just, yeah, really complex. A lot of characters. It's like, I can't... I, I just I can't find where to place them because there's too many. Like Cormac McClagan, who is it is it is crazy to me that it, this book just introduces a jock character as if Harry isn't that character. It's so good. It, it's it's like introduces the super jock. <laughs> it's so good that he has to be like taller and beefier than Harry. Like like in the same chapter that Hermione's like Harry. You're you're a king. You're so buff and tall and strong. But there is Cormac, who is even buffer and taller and stronger, and he is the right. jock. He is the big jock. How did Harry have his entire school career up until this point and not meet the Gryffindor jock character? <laughs> it's so good. Cormac is. He is not a good character, but it is so funny to have him around because he, and like, if in in my most, and this is a real strong most here, most charitable read of this, Cormac <laughs> is supposed to be like Harry viewed through Harry's lens, right? Like, here is this character who is just like Harry, but because Harry is Harry, he doesn't see him that way, right? Uh yeah. Uh, but I don't think that that's what this is going for. I think that this is going for, here's the big mean guy that Ron has to beat. That sucks so bad. I'm so, so glad he's here, to be fair. Oh, yeah. I love that there's a cartoon jock. Um, but it is, it is remarkable. It's the gall. It, the gall to put this guy in the book. The absolute gall. Six books in. To to not only like just make him like the big, tall, beefy jock mean guy, but all it also like compares him to like Uncle Vernon. So you you know yeah. you know you have to hate him because he's Uncle Vernon as well. Not only is he right. stronger and cooler than Harry, he's Uncle Vernon as well. Uh Wow. And it's it is real fucking stupid. Um, but I'm glad that he's here because it means that um, uh, uh, Hermione uh, once again uh, uh, casts all sense of morality uh, and 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 uh, uh, decency aside. She realizes that we live in a society, and she becomes the Joker again. Finally, I'm so she's I'm back. so glad he's here, and I'm so glad she's back. Hermione of the Joker Granger. This is so fucking funny to wrestle with in this chapter that also has her still mad that Harry is using a book with notes in it. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this. It's, it is... Let's like look at like the victims of Hermione up till this point. Like, what what are the bodies that she has left in her wake up until this point? Umbridge, obviously. Uh, uh, Marietta Rita Edge Skeeter. Yeah, Rita Skeeter, Marietta Edgecombe. Uh, uh, 
she nearly set set Snape on fire in book one. Oh yeah. Um and and uh and now she has used a Jedi mind trick to stop a guy from getting into uh, a, a position that her boyfriend could fill on a sports team. Right. That is crazy. I- she is evil. <laughs> like, there's really no getting around it at this point. Hermione Granger is evil. She has. Yeah. She is chaos personified. Absolutely. I d- I like chaos Hermione more. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like like we you know we had that moment in book five where it was like, boy, I wish that this character arc for Hermione was her like being the one who goes too far, right? And like. You know, I wish that that was a conscious decision that this book made for her character, but it's not. It's just that uh, when it's funny and convenient, uh, she will use her smart person powers for evil uh, and personal gain, but no one ever notices that it is weird or thinks that it is bad or does anything to question it, right? Nobody reacts to the scale of what she's doing ever. Yeah, it is ever like there's this part where they leave Hagrid's hut and like Harry like pulls her aside and he's like, I noticed that Cormac McLaggen sure seemed confounded. And he's like kind of being sly with her about it. Like, hee hee, this is goofy. I know what she did. And it's like she just sabotaged his first event as captain of the Quidditch team. The only thing that he's cared about. For all of the books. This makes him complicit. <laughs> he would, if he was a real, like, a real ass, like, team manager or whatever, he would be fired, right? Like, he just, yeah. he just did a, he just did a, 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 trying to think of a sports scandal. He, he did, he inflated the football too much or too little or whatever that was. He, yeah. He knew about or he, it. Or he knew about it. Yeah. And didn't do anything because it benefited him. Right. Uh, bad. Bad Harry. Bad Hermione. Ha aren't you a prefect? <laughs> wink, wink. Also, it is so wild to me that his reaction is, like, humorous. When last time Hermione had a crazy plan, uh, it was to uh, get their teacher dragged into the woods by a bunch of centaurs. Yeah. Like, like he should have like pulled her aside and like, like, Hermione, are you going to kill Cormac? Is he going to die? Did you put his name in the death note? Are you <laughs> like it is I would be scared. I'd be terrified of Hermione, and that should be the story. Right? Like, what a cool twist that would be for the whole character in series is like oh this character who is like incredibly smart and just like very driven and just just amoral enough to be scary right right that's a cool idea that is at its best the joker being unironic (laughs) here when 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 someone does a good version of the joker like in batman the animated series that's that's the character like that's the thing right but here it's just everyone thinks it's cool and funny when she does stuff for her own personal gain uh being being completely evil 
It's it's so weird. And the the fact that the justification also was like, oh, but did you see how Cormac reacted to being being right. confunded? You wouldn't want him on the team. And Harry's just like, oh yeah, that's true. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is bizarre that this is not a bigger bigger deal. Um, uh, and the book is a big deal, though. We can only have that. That's the that's the big deal here. I feel like you're missing out on, on book, the yeah the, the real controversy. The handwriting in it. You don't know who wrote those. It's in such tiny handwriting. It, Ron can't even read it. Yeah, Ron can't read it. This is this is horrible. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> oh, um, I I don't really have much to say about the Haggard stuff. Do you? It's no, it's so boring. It's nothing. It's pointless. I don't care. I don't care. Let's skip to um, just the end here with uh with this Slughorn and Snape scene, which I do think is at least a little cute, right? Like again. Slughorn is, the the praise I will give this book is that when it's not talking about how fat and jiggly he is, uh, uh-huh. Slughorn is a really well-realized character in the sense that he is like, he is very, he's a bad person, but he is like a jolly and relatable and like, uh, in, he's more insidious, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. um, and like that, that, that I think is still really fun to read. Um, uh, and this like comedy of errors that keeps happening with Harry's detention. Like I've, I've at least enjoyed that little subplot, but it is, yeah, I don't know. I thought that part was cute at least. Yeah. Can we talk about, um, Ron's dad being in the paper though? Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Ron. I, only want to talk about this because we are back to the Draco couldn't be up to no good. <laughs> and in this case, it's because of increased security. Increased security oh, yeah. makes it so Draco can't be up to no good. There's no way he could have gotten anything dangerous into this school. <sighs> All of the students have guns. <laughs> At all times. (laughs) They have magic. There's a magic... You can't use this. You cannot. There is a magic room you can go to that gives you whatever you need. And Draco knows about it. This is, again, this is like, okay, like, security, this is ripped from the headlines. Yeah. It doesn't work here. Does not work here at all. It cannot. I also think it is very, very funny that the information that, like, all of the students were frisked with dark detectors uh, only came up in chapter 11. Like, I know that Harry wasn't there because he got bonked in the train. He's got his, he got any, he had, right. he had to get uh, 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 rescued by Tonks. But, like, I'm so shocked that the first thing Hermione and Ron didn't tell him uh, when he, like, reappeared for dinner was like hey they fucking had like a metal detector that they made us go through right like right that that i feel like that would have come up by now and would be important for harry to know no also there's just no way draco could be up to no good draco just couldn't be up to anything bad uh his life his life a movie uh he's ceo of uh ceo of my life and he uh that's that's it he's just telling he's just telling big lies because he's cool 
because he's a cool because right. he's a cool teenager. Uh, and and he couldn't. We're gonna need Harry to focus on the real issues, like this fucking book <laughs> this he has. Fucking book. Why won't he get rid of this book that's clearly bad? Because the handwriting's too small. Harry, please. You swap the covers. You're up to no good. <laughs> yeah. It, this is moon logic. Th- this is moon logic. This chapter. You know. Uh, uh, a few people have sent us that like machine learned harry potter chapter or whatever mm-hmm. which one i hate to be the curmudgeon i don't believe was machine learned i think right the, all of those yeah. jokes are fake but also i would say that uh none of those jokes can compete with what is actually in this book which does feel like a robot wrote it Mm-hmm. Like this, the J.K. Rowling, like just kind of, uh, 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 I would say that this is a coasting chapter, right? <laughs> when J.K. Rowling hits cruise control on on like this style of chapter, and there's a lot of these chapters, uh, sometimes logic is just not the first thing that is applied. Sometimes the plot just has to keep moving forward, even if the plot is okay. These two 17-year-olds are really jealous of their friend's book that has notes in it that makes him good at potions. Right, yeah. But as soon as they're not talking about the book, if the if the if you put the book in front of them, they're mad. If Harry hides mm. the book behind him, uh, they want to tell him how hot he is and how smoking he is. <laughs> but if he as uh-huh. soon as the book clips back into view, uh, he's bad again. Mm-hmm. It's utter nonsense what a what a chapter it was fun it was fun i'm glad that we had such a goofy chapter to read it to contrast with our bummer news this morning right like yeah could not have come at a better time for sure is there anything else you want to say about this chapter or should we take a break here Uh, let's take a break all right we will be back after this Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This may well be the last main episode of the year, which is uh, wild to think about because it's only the 19th, but uh, uh, the way that we record these episodes, we've basically like stumbled onto the, the time vortex where everything from here on out is like travel and holiday stuff. So we got to make this count. Yep. And what better way to make things count than by tying in Harry Potter to another major media event that is uh, happening on today, the day of recording, December the 19th, 2019. (sighs) I am talking, of course, about the release of a new Star Wars film. Uh, We have said before... Uh, uh, talking about the premise of our show that uh, uh, Harry Potter often feels like, you know, the original Star Wars, but for our generation. Sure. And uh, some other people online have noticed another similarity between these two franchises, 
<laughs> um, that I am going to relay to you now through three sources. And I would just like you to imagine, since I can't put an entire song on the uh, the soundboard. Right. Just imagine in your head the Hall of the Mountain King. Yeah. Like in like like in a documentary. You know, in every single documentary. Exactly. When when things are getting a little bit crazier. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> just imagine. Just keep that in your head as I go through our sources and uh, quotes here. That was Hall of the Mountain King, right? Yeah. Okay. You got okay. it. You just making it. sure. <laughs> you nailed it. Okay. Um. So here is number one. This is from Reddit. This is from Reddit slash r slash Fantastic Beasts. One of our favorite spinoff subreddits. For sure. This was posted exactly one year ago. Mm. Is it just me or is Fantastic Beasts the Crimes of Grindelwald really similar to The Last Jedi? <sighs> <laughs> is it just me you know where you know where we're going with this one a lot of controversial changes to canon that divide the fan base two both seem to have completely different ideas about where the series should go rather than their predecessors fantastic beast changing queenie's character race parents in the last jedi three what both wait, have wait wait run out past <laughs> me again two both seem to have completely different ideas about where the series should go than their predecessors, Fantastic Beasts changing Queenie's character, Rey's parents in The Last Jedi. What did they change about Queenie's character? I... Hmm. Uh, she made a bad decision. Oh, I yeah, guess. okay. I didn't... Re I, heard, I, see, I mean, that's not... See, that was the thing I forgot, is that her character in the first movie was that she was a person that didn't make bad decisions. <laughs> uh, you know, a little yeah, bit one-dimensional, but that was her character, and then to go into the second one and be like, oh, now she's a character that makes bad decisions. Oh. That's a really tough... That's a tough thing and to... And she yells, which is acting. Right, yeah. Got um, it. Uh, and, yeah, that's... Race parents aren't so... characters. They're not in the films, so... <laughs> <laughs> three both have themes of failure both have themes both that's have right. themes that's so right we've got a few spicy replies to this mm -hmm. uh the top reply the thing is last jedi made fans mad by not having a character be connected to a famous family crimes of grindelwald made fans mad by doing the opposite there is zero difference between good and bad things. That's bad things. it's so true. It just like keeps coming back to that. Now here are my favorite ones. Uh -huh. Hey now, unlike TLGA, COG is actually really good. It was more akin to Empire Strikes Back. I I know that you're not the biggest fan of the Last Jedi. I really liked it. Oh, that was I, fine. I, I I did not go into the Last Jedi with my critic hat on. Right, and it sure. had, like, all of the elements of stuff that I like to see in Star Wars. I don't yeah. know if it was, like, executed particularly well. I don't super care <laughs> very much. <laughs> right, sure. Uh, but I enjoyed it, like, quite a bit. Like, pretty... I think yeah. it's probably up there as one of my favorite Star Wars movies. If totally. not, maybe I... my favorite. I don't know. I would have to watch it again. Um, but can you... Can you imagine... Can you imagine... 
the person that hated The Last Jedi and loved Crimes of Grindelwald. Right. I want to that, know, that is, I know what forces is, of the universe came together <laughs> to make that to make that true in in one person. Right. the The reason the reason I pulled this is not to dump on Last Jedi, which I like. I I have criticisms of the Last Jedi, but in the same sense where it's like I can criticize it as a real film, you know? Sure. Yeah. Which is. Which is cool. not something I can say about uh, uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, <laughs> and also not something I can say about maybe a third of Star Wars movies. Also, I would right? have I would have more interest in hearing a as, as a person that liked The Last Jedi. I will absolutely hear real film criticism about it, whereas I would probably fall asleep <laughs> and, and, and like hearing any actual film criticism about like the first jj abrams star wars oh totally yeah i mean like my my honestly truly 90 percent of my uh uh opinions or not even my opinions like my reactions to last jedi stuff unfortunately have nothing to do with the movie because that was robbed from me Mm. because it became this bizarre shibboleth right right like you have to like this movie or or you are uh like the uh, evil right and like that's just i am so bored by like that kind of culture wars stuff mm-hmm. um it is so funny to me like you say to imagine this person who hates the last jedi so much it is so wrapped up in that in that culture world culture war stuff and is so mad that luke skywalker through the lightsaber or whatever the fuck at the beginning (laughs) and thinks that crimes of grindelwald is better right like just absurd just an absurd fucking premise crimes of grindelwald is so bad wow (laughs) i love that just so you know i like both movies says Aubergob, who is a hero sure why not there's the hero uh our second one, I, I, so th- this, this, this all came to me because I, I had this like dark impulse to Google both of these things together to see ha- if anyone had made this connection. Yeah. Of like, oh, the fans hate both these sequels. Yeah. Um, article number two. Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald is the last Jedi of the Harry Potter franchise. Both films were sequels to major franchises, and both films weren't well-received by its loyal fan base. Which, again, gets into this weird... I don't think Last Jedi was actually that poorly received. No. I think think there are some... I think there are some legitimate critiques of it, and I think that also people believe that the reality distortion field that is, like, Twitter and 4chan are are like film normal film goers which i just don't think is true right right like like that is that is just that is that that is a a self-fulfilling uh argument i think i recently watched fantastic beast the crimes of grindelwald for the first time and as i watched the movie i couldn't help but notice the incredible parallels between the film and the last jedi both films were sequels to reboots of major franchises both chose to take a darker route in storytelling, and both films weren't received very well by its fan base. 
But there was a certain plot in Crimes of Grindelwald that I found very interesting because of its striking parallel to The Last Jedi, mm. and that was Credence Barebones story. The Crimes of Grindelwald may have 12 characters inhabiting the movie, but the film in actuality was about Credence and the search for his identity. The was, entire story was- Was it? No! Absolutely not! I wish, I wish that after watching Crimes of Grindelwald, we could have at least hashed out what it was about. <laughs> I fucking wish that that had been possible. <laughs> the entire story revolved around him setting up the shocking reveal of his lineage at the end of the movie. And in a stunning parallel, The Last Jedi featured heavily the question of Rey's identity. She, too, like Credence Barebone, was searching for answers of her lineage, and Kylo Ren, like Grindelwald, was there to provide her with the answers. But unlike Credence, she turned out to be a nobody, and ended up not joining Kylo Ren, whereas Credence turned out to be a long-lost Dumbledore and would join Grindelwald in the war against muggles and nomadges. People have a real hard time with the your parents were nobodies thing. Like really have a hard time with the villain saying something in a movie <laughs> really working through that one really working through this one i actually have not finished this article and i i i, I i'm very curious this is as far as i read before and i want to know if it brings up uh the broom kid and whether the broom kid should be a jedi <laughs> i love to see parallels between films in huge franchises like Batman vs. Superman and Captain America Civil War. Please watch better movies! It's almost like all of these film parallels are because they just make these movies over and over <laughs> again the with the same movie. formula every time. The dark middle <sighs> chapter in every fucking trilogy. Please watch any other movie. Get, do what you. They should do what you told me to do on the bonus episode and go watch Parasite or something. Yeah. Just, <laughs> please watch another film. <laughs> um, both movies featured the main protagonists coming to a clash of the century. Both, both, get this. Both movies mm. had antagonists and protagonists that clashed at the end. That's amazing. That's so fucking crazy. The Crimes of Grindelwald isn't a great film, but for Harry Potter fans, it can be a delightful ride that only expands the franchise in impactful ways, just as The Last Jedi deepened the narrative of the Jedi and the power of the Force. Mm. Will Episode Nine's storylines somehow give us an idea of what to expect when, with the third Fantastic Beasts movie? Only time will tell. The future of the Force. The future of pop culture writing. Wow. How would you feel if in if it was swapped and Star Wars was getting five films for no reason and and Harry Potter was getting a trilogy? <laughs> like if you could just like That's, like Thanos uh, snap your fingers and and bring us to a a different world, is, would you would you do it? That is a true Faustian bargain, mm -hmm. I think. It sure is. Because cuz here's the thing. I really like Star Wars. Sure. Like a like a lot. Yeah. Like I'm 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 being flip about it here, but like, damn, I love a good Star Wars thing. I love the games. I read all the damn books. Uh-huh. Uh I I like the Thrawn trilogy. I like Star Wars. You like the pod racing. I like the pod racing. It's cool when the engines make loud noises. Yeah. And he does a flip. Right. Um I love it. 
I love all that shit. Uh, but here's the, the thing. Five of them in mm. like one story arc yeah. could be real bad news. Oh yeah. Um uh, would I would I press that button? Fuck. I guess the other angle to approach it from was like, would that be better for Harry Potter? The thing is, I might not need to press the button. Because Disney is definitely going to keep making Star Wars movies, but we don't know if WB is going to keep making <laughs> Harry Potter movies. We might only get three Fantastic Beasts movies. That's true. We 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 might live. These realities might collapse into one without my without my assistance. Absolutely. Okay, so now we are we are to the the end here, and um, I would just like to imagine we are now at like full swing, uh, uh, uh Hall of the Mountain King. Yeah, it's gotten really fast. Yep, this is this where it's it's fast and loud. Uh, uh, it's almost off tempo, but just it's just barely holding it together. This is from The Verge. Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald is the franchise's Attack of the Clones when it should be The Last Jedi. Okay, my brain just turned into a pretzel. <laughs> 2016's Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them had its issues. Two years ago, I wrote that the first film in the Fantastic Beasts franchise was the Phantom Menace of Harry Potter films, with the same childish pandering humor and inability to choose a tone. It seems like the people behind the series' second film, Crimes of Grindelwald, learned that lesson, but Crimes is still stuck in the same mold as its predecessor. It's the attack of the clones of the Potter world when it needed to be The Last Jedi. I kind of like that. Like, saying that Fantastic Beasts 1 is, like, the Phantom Menace, like, I think those criticisms are are pretty close yeah. when they lay them out like that. I do think Phantom Menace is worse than the first Fantastic Beasts movie. Yeah. And, and also, But also I think, more noteworthy as a film. Right. Uh, what I want to know is, will we get re- uh, Revenge of the Sith for... Uh, Fantastic Beasts. Oh, please. Will we get Newt Scamander becoming an evil gentleman? I would love that. The surface similarities between the two middle movies' plots practically write themselves. Both films are older. Darker second installments. Older? In a prequel. Yeah, older. Older what? Uh, <laughs> technically, they're newer. Older? We're being really o- they're pedantic. older. What? <laughs> they're older. What is that? Oh, like know. takes place like prequels. Older. They're older. Oh, yep. That's probably what they mean. Yes, that is probably what this means. They are old. They are set in an older thing. It's an interesting way to put that. Very confusing. The opening salvo was derided as too kid centric. Both crimes and clones. I would not say that Phantom Menace was derided as being too kid centric. I think most people complained that it opened with a tax dispute. <laughs> like. <laughs> Which is the opposite of that. I know people don't like Jar Jar because he has like fart jokes or whatever, but like Phantom Menace opens with like, uh, like the the opening crawl is just like, ah, the Separatists have not filed their 1099 and the Jedi have gone to give them QuickBooks. Like that, that, that's how (laughs) that movie, that's how that movie opens. Uh, both Crimes and Clones bring, oh, Mm. Sorry, let me roll that one off the tongue again. Both Crimes and Clones. That's a really good title for a detective novel or something. Really? I was thinking more. There was that um, meme going around on Twitter that was like, uh, uh, like, generate your own young adult novel. 
Oh, yes. And that's, that's like, a a sword Mm. of crimes and clones. A sword of crimes and clones. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Begin with a rainy airborne chase sequence, and then we watch the main character. No, no, I will not stand for this. Attack of the Clones does not begin with a rainy airborne chase sequence. It begins with a foggy non-chase sequence of Queen Amidala's plane landing, and then her decoy walking out and exploding. And it turns out that (laughs) Amidala was actually flying one of the starfighters. And she picks up the decoy. The decoy says, sorry, I failed you. When actually she just did her job and got blown up for her. Right. Yeah. It's like, actually, you didn't fail. You did that. That was what I hired you for. (laughs) The rainy airborne chase is like halfway through attack of the clones. So, The Verge, you're on notice for not remembering what order these shitty, stupid things happen in the bad movie. (laughs) Uh, And we watch the main character, Obi-Wan and clones, Newt's commander in crimes, spend a disproportionate chunk of the movie on an investigative mission to uncover an untiming, ultimately meaningless secret, except for the people (laughs) who were rocked to their cores by the histories of the Lestrange family and Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas. That's fair. This is actually a great them... article. I feel like you. Yeah. I feel like you want me to laugh at this, but I'm. I'm totally on board. I. Yes. The more. The more I'm realizing here, they might be onto something. After that, all of the characters get together in an arena. There's a fight. The heroes and the main villain both narrowly escape, and the stage is ominously set for the real war that's to come in future films. Most much like Attack of the Clones, whose titular clone battles are oddly absent from the actual <laughs> film. No, they're not. We have to watch the clones. Here's why I really wanted to read this article, which is the version of Attack of the Clones they watched sounds awesome. Opens with a opens with a rainy chase sequence. There's no fucking clone trooper battles, but I I watched it last week. I had to watch the CGI clones shoot the CGI bugs for 20 minutes. I saw this. I saw this happen. Had to is a strong word. I took it upon myself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Y'all, we we lost Grabber. Aw, oh, he was a he was a good one. The Crimes of Grindelwald promises a wizarding war but fails to deliver one. It rearranges the metaphorical silverware rather than dividing into the main diving into the main meat of the story. But there are bigger thematic parallels between Attack of the Clones and Crimes of Grindelwald that reveal the larger problems with the New Potter films as a whole. Mainly, seeing J.K. Rowling, who wrote the screenplay for both Beast's films, follow Star Wars creator George Lucas in his mistakes with his own prequel series. Much like Lucas with the prequel trilogy, the latest Fantastic Beasts films are an earlier story that the creator of the franchise claims to represent their original intent for the franchise, even as it retroactively resets whole chunks of the franchise. So the audience gets fan service scenes like McGonagall's time-breaking cameo in Crimes, or the nonsensical appearance of the Death Star plans in Attack of the Clones decades <laughs> before the Empire existed. Both nods are present, so existing fans can recognize them and shout, hey, I know, and like that thing even at the expense of the present story. Some of these bizarre new twists recontextualize the original work, like C-3PO being Anakin's creation or Nagini being a shape-shifting human before she becomes Voldemort's familiar. Other plot lines just don't make sense, like Anakin being a messianic virgin birth destined to save the galaxy or Credence's secret heritage being tied up with that of the Dumbledore family. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, uh, it's easy to understand how we got here. Rowling and Lucas are creators who built universes that people love, and they earned carte blanche control over new stories set in their own worlds, no matter how illogical the outcome may be. It's no coincidence that the Fantastic Beasts movies 
are the first Harry Potter stories written by Rowling since the original books, just like the Star Wars prequels where Lucas returns to his saga as his uh, sole story creator for the first time since the original film. Not strictly true. He wasn't. He didn't direct the whole trilogy, but he wrote all that shit. Hmm. Uh, um, who would dare tell J.K. Rowling that her timeline is off? J.K. Rowling, uh, Star Wars and Harry Potter are seemingly unstoppable forces of pop culture, but the Lucas-helmed prequels are proof that lightning doesn't always strike twice, and it's possible to lose sight of what people loved about your work to the point that it takes a $4 billion Disney-backed reset to get back on track. Oh, that's so ominous. Thank you, Disney. Thank you, Disney, for getting things back on track. Yeah, we're back on track. That's we're back great. On tra- hey, we're back on track. Things are good. I was just going to say, you know, people ask me, what do you think of the new Star Wars? And I'm like, it's just so good to be back on track with those films. <laughs> I'm glad we're back on track. I'm glad we're back on track in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. I, I, wow, this article's fucking long. I forgot how long this was. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, the thing I just really want to get across here is that uh, the middle parts of big movie trilogies are pretty much the same, always. Probably mostly because of Empire Strikes Back, but it's very funny when people are like, oh, this is a lot like the other dark middle chapter of the trilogy, right? Like, it is... It's a strange one. I don't, I don't really know why this is such a, a a unique observation every time um is the is the two towers like this i can't stay awake through that movie <laughs> kind of uh i would say the book isn't but the way they rearranged it in the film it sort of is it has to leave things open at the end although they do oh here's the thing if if we are going by this article's rubric uh, and having uh, all these movies promise a big battle that you don't get there is a goddamn huge battle in the two towers that you do have to sit through and it does finish and you do see who wins. So maybe, maybe it is a little different than these. Can I take this moment to see if I can summarize the second twilight book after not having read it for 10 years? um, Yeah. And also middle chapters having never seen the movie. And I also might be extremely wrong because I can't, I can't really remember. Please, Absolutely. I'm pretty sure that the second twilight book, new moon, and also, if I'm wrong, I don't. I don't want to hear about it. Um, <laughs> it and so we're picking up after the first novel where Edward leaves Bella because he's like, "I love you so much. I'm worried I'm going to kill you, and I'm I'm just I'm just no good. I'm no good for you. You you deserve better." And she spends the entire book moping about, being very sad. Um, and she decides to become like an adrenaline thrill seeker with Jacob the werewolf and jumps off of like a cliff into water as like a way to feel something again, right? But Edward's psychic sister sees that in a vision and thinks that she's trying to kill herself because Edward left her. And tells Edward that Bella's dead, and so Edward tries to kill himself, and so Bella has to fly to Italy to show him that he's alive, so that he doesn't kill himself in Italy. And if that's not a dark middle chapter, I don't know what is. That sounds way better than Attack of the Clones. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Crimes of Grindelwald, honestly. Oh, for sure. 
Uh, yeah, that sounds brilliant. That sounds like a brava story. All I know about Twilight is, um, I have been, every time it is retweeted into my feed, I have been watching the clip of her saying, Nessie, you named my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster! (laughs) And then attacking Jacob. Right. Uh, That shit rocks. Yeah. Uh, I love that Uh so much, and I want to see that. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. I also have, I hate to tear us away from this, this dark middle chapter, uh-huh. but I have breaking fucking news. Oh no, I'm so, I'm actually legitimately scared. After the day we've had, I'm like, when you, I'm, I have like, I, my heart kind of did an extra beat a little bit. Well, so this morning you told me, you know, you did a little investigative digging and said, oh, the subreddit has just not seen the tweet or is not talking about the tweet no yeah but they did post that amazing uh cake with printed anime snape <laughs> on it so, so it was not it was not a complete loss uh they did they did in fact do that mm. but there is now a tweet mega thread oh shit on, on the forum on the the red let's take a look Please keep all discussion and memes regarding JK's most recent tweets within this thread. While not directly related to Harry Potter, we want to provide a moderated space for readers to be informed. Please remain civil. <laughs> what memes are there? Let's see. Let's see. I'm rubbing my hands like I'm wait- I'm expecting a big dinner to be delivered to me. What's <laughs> What's going on in this thread? Comment removed by moderator is the top comment. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, I just want to know. I, here's the thing. I, this, is such a, uh, this is such a moment for the subreddit. Because I could imagine this sub... It's Reddit, right? It could be horrible. Uh, or they could be, you know, may, maybe they will prove themselves to be a, a kind-hearted... And uh, and a not transphobic community. Yeah, Let's I see. Bet. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? I am pleased to report that the top posts at the moment, aside from the one that is uh, comment removed by moderator, mm. uh, is uh, trans women are women, trans men are men, non-binary folks are non-binary. Uh. uh Lots of subs does tend to reflexively defend the author from any criticism, but everyone in here is being super cool. Mostly, this seems good. Trans Great. rights are human rights. All right. Great. I am very happy to report that the subreddit seems to be mostly not canceled here. That's wonderful news. I'm so thrilled. Uh, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people are uh, are comparing it to Orson Scott Card, which is pretty funny. Sure. Oh, here's 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 a good one. People have been calling rolling anti-trans in a turf for ages, but I refuse to believe it until now. Oh, well, uh, maybe, maybe try, try listening to trans folks, but, you know, all right. All right, yeah. I'm you, glad you, you got, got there, there I suppose. You got there eventually, but okay. Um, reading Harry Potter as a child reminded me that everyone is valid as important, be you a boy who lives in a cupboard, a house elf. Uh, who, incidentally, that is a a race of elf that likes to be slaves. Uh, a squib, which uh, the only squib that we see is 
the janitor who loves to torture people because he's crazy and Dumbledore makes him clean everything by hand. Uh, the best of your year or a poor kid in a family of nine. Uh, just to be clear, uh, the Harry Harry has a million billion dollars and never offers shit. So, you know, eh. I will not allow J.K. Rowling to ruin that feeling with her shitty words. It's sad to separate them in my brain, but she has shown her true colors more than once. True. She has. Thank you for acknowledging that, anonymous Reddit user. I just want them to acknowledge, like, you know, look inside yourself, Simba. These values are you. They're not from Harry Potter. <laughs> Give yourself more credit. Ooh, here's a good one. Uh, part of me can't fucking understand why billionaires like her can't shut the fuck up and go away. <laughs> Thank you. No good billionaires. No good billionaires, especially not J.K. Rowling. Wow, I am so thrilled. I'm so thrilled by this. This is heartwarming. This is this is the good ending we needed for our dark middle chapter. That's so wonderful. Is is ah oh, we oh, we were so we were so down. We were like oh the everything sucks with with the Harry Potter fandom right now. But you know what? The the people that we believed in the least, the Harry Potter subreddit, they actually seem to be all right at the moment. They're yeah, uh, that's delightful. Stop scrolling right now. Don't <laughs> d- don't don't scroll any longer. We, we cannot ruin this perfect ending. Uh, yeah, but there is okay. There's one more, but this is from the Fantastic Beasts Reddit, and the the um the the title is just Twitter. And then the body is, will J.K. Rowling's Twitter destroy this franchise and eventually the legacy of Harry Potter? Hope so. One. Yes. Sure <laughs> fucking hope so. Uh, but there's one comment currently, and it is just, what the fuck, dude? Hmm. So. Much to think I, about. I choose to believe that that is a broad what the fuck, dude, to J.K. Rowling's Twitter. To the, to Twitter. the universe, To you the know? universe. Yes. To, to the universe piling everything on us this day um yeah wow like i said that's the that was the beautiful ending we needed uh the dark middle chapter is over the heroes of one uh everyone hates jk rowling for being a turf fuck jk rowling yeah uh uh and uh i (laughs) i okay i was just closing out all my tabs here and I know I brought this up at the beginning of the episode, but really, once again, I have to bring up just how fucking funny it is that one of the headlines I was going to read this episode was J.K. Rowling receives Human Rights Award. <laughs> just, uh, just, 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 just little author things, you know? Sure. But yeah, um, I think, I think we should end it there on a high note. On an uplifting uh, uh, closing chapter from the subreddit. Uh, what do you say? Should we take it to the close? Yeah, let's do it. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use it as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp. And you can check us out at patreon.com slash shriekcast. We have a whole lot of bonus content for you there. We have Let's Plays. We have bonus episodes. Uh, we talked about cats for 45 minutes this morning uh without so seeing cool. it we haven't seen it yet we just read <laughs> about taylor swift and her dad it was really great ah uh, and liz what are we reading next week uh well 
two weeks from now. Oh, two weeks from now. Two weeks from we now, we will be reading chapter one of The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Woo! I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. We're going to be hey. reading chapter 12 of The Half-Blood Prince by J.K. Rowling. It is entitled Silver and Opals. Silver and Opals. I do kind of want to read The Hobbit, though. Sounds way uh, hey, better. If we were going to read another book, The Hobbit, pretty good. Sure. And also... Uh, 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 two, two little known facts about J.R.R. Tolkien. Hmm. Number one, vocally anti-apartheid. Really hmm. great guy on that front. Number two, anarchist. Great. So, just something to think about in comparison to J.K. Rowling, who is a, a turf billionaire loser. Yeah. Well, we hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season. We will... I guess uh uh be see you all again in the main episodes after the new year. Mm-hmm. Um there will be a best of episode in between for sure. I'm working on that currently. Um but hey, have a good season, have a good new year. Thank you everyone for sticking through another year of ups and downs throughout these uh these books and if you find yourself with a little free time over the holidays, please Read another book. Now more than ever, please read another book. Makes ocean roll seem tame. But know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.